So although the Christmas season, shopping season, is rapidly moving forward, and I'll confess, anybody that knows me knows that I've been playing Christmas music in my car since November 1 when Sirius began playing it. Our choir has been rehearsing Christmas music for some time now. The stores are all decorated and full of things to buy for Christmas. Some of them have had it out as early as late August, early September. And I'll bet some of you have already gotten involved in doing Christmas shopping. But did you know that Thanksgiving comes this week? <laughs> I think of Thanksgiving as the calm before the storm, but now the storm is trying to, to overtake it, but it won't. It can't do that. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of the year, and that's many reasons why I say that. For one thing, I think Thanksgiving is interesting because it is a most spiritual season of the year, but it's also a very secular time of the year. It's secular because it doesn't belong to any particular religious tradition. Uh, Thanksgiving began early in American history with the pilgrims who survived that first winter, and so they paused to give thanks to God for their survival as well as that they had food to eat. And then years later, the American president established it as an official day of observation. It's secular because for many people, next Thursday will involve big dinners, overeating, family gatherings, football games, and yes, even the start of Black Friday on Thursday. But at the same time, Thanksgiving is one of the most spiritual times of the year. And for us as Christians, it has deep, spiritual meaning. Uh, for, most, for most of us, it's a reminder that the fruits of the good earth are made possible to us if we're willing to do the work, sow the seed, and then we reap the harvest. It's Christian because it reminds us that we should turn our hearts to God in gratitude for all of God's many blessings in our lives. It reminds us that love and generosity are what living in faith are all about. And also, if you stop like we should to count our blessings and to list what you're most thankful for, for us as Christians, the number one thing we're thankful for is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who makes salvation and eternal life possible on both sides of death. I always think of Thanksgiving as a perfect holiday one of the reasons I say that is because the uh, business community has not discovered a way to really commercialize it and to make a lot of money out of it. That's why they've already started pushing Christmas because that's where they can make the money, even weeks and months before Thanksgiving. Uh, this year, however, they've started it even earlier than usual, and I guess that's because we don't have that extra week between the end of uh, Thanksgiving and the beginning of Advent. Thanksgiving to me is also a perfect holiday because it's a national holiday, a national American holiday. And if you uh, have never been outside of the country on Thanksgiving, uh, it's a weird feeling, as I was one year, to know it was Thanksgiving and nobody was paying any attention to it. But it's a holiday that hopefully can bring all Americans together. Unlike Christmas or Advent or Hanukkah or Passover or other such religious holidays in which God's mixed up people have become divided 
over religious creeds and doctrines and differences in understanding, Thanksgiving unites all people of all races, all colors, all creeds, all traditions, all economic statuses, and unites us into one with one common purpose, which is to give thanks to God. And you and I both know we need something to bring our nation back together uh, in light of the way that the people are today in this country, so desperately and fiercely divided. But you know, last Thursday morning, I woke up at five o'clock and I was having a, a nightmare, uh, both asleep and when I was awake. I was thinking about how our modern politicized, polarized atmosphere today, how people are probably gonna start fighting over Thanksgiving now. Which is better, white meat or dark meat? The breast or the thigh? Who gets the drumstick? Pumpkin pie or pecan pie? Somebody will say, well, mincemeat still matters. Cranberry sauce or cranberry jelly? Homemade or store-bought? Who gets to sit at the adult table? Who has to sit at the kid's table? Who gets to sit at the left and the right hand of the host? And then I'm sure our Congress will probably waste millions of dollars and a lot of years on a special investigative committee that will question whether the turkey is organic or whether it's been exposed to pesticides. And then they'll say, this particular turkey, who chose this turkey over the other turkeys? And was there some foreign involvement in this choice making? What time do we eat before or after the football game? And on and on and on, they will go. But in light of all that, as I pondered what I might say this morning, there was a song that kept echoing over and over in my head. It's not a new song. It's many, many years, even decades old. But it conveys a message that I think is so true to the spirit of what Thanksgiving is all about. It's a song that I first heard when my daughter Kari was nine years old, and I don't know where she got the song, but she began playing it all the time. Uh, it's got a calypso beat. It's a song like you expect to hear in a place like Jamaica, in the Bahamas. And the title is Don't Worry, Be Happy. You remember that song? And then of all things, last Wednesday night when I came to the Thanksgiving dinner here at church, my granddaughter, Montgomery, who is nine years old, still had her book bag with her from school, and on her book bag was a sticker, had a picture of a donut, and it said, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> what are the odds, 30 years apart, that they both uh, had that same song? But I'm not gonna sing it for you, but something for you can be thankful for. But here are the words to this song. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Be happy now. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry, be happy. The landlords say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry, be happy. Look at me, I'm happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no gal to make you smile, but don't worry, be happy. Cause when you worry, your face will frown and that will bring everybody down. So don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. Now this is the song I wrote. I hope you learned it note for note. 
like good little children. Don't worry, be happy. Listen to what I sing. In your life, you expect some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Be happy now. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't do it, be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry, it will soon pass. Don't worry, be happy. When you hear that song and those words, it's kind of hard to get it out of your head. It just goes round and around. But its message is true. The ability to be thankful in spite of your troubles will bring you great blessings and much more happiness. When we're grateful, when we're thankful, we're happier. As somebody once said, the altitude of our soul is determined by the height of our appreciation. It's easy to be negative, pessimistic, ungrateful, always complaining about your troubles and what's wrong with the world, but never counting your blessings, never pointing out what is right. But who likes to be around negative people like that? I don't. Do you? It's more challenging to be positive, to be optimistic, to be thankful. Yes, we all have our troubles. Every one of us has some kind of trouble or another. But there is nobody in this sanctuary right now whose blessings in life are not greater and more numerous than whatever your troubles might be. The question is, which one do you choose to focus upon? A preacher was once asked to visit a woman in his church, and so he went to her home. And when he uh, knocked on the door and came in, she said, sit down, I want to tell you about my troubles. And the preacher said, I will listen to your troubles for 30 minutes, but before we do that, I want to hear about your blessings for 15 minutes. And the woman said, well, telling you my blessings would take up all 45 minutes. And it reminded me of an actual experience I had one time when a lady came to visit me at church. And when she came in my office, she said, uh, I want to tell you about my, my troubles. And she said, I know that I should be realized I've got a lot more blessings than troubles. And she started talking about the good things in her life. And 20 minutes later, before I'd said anything, she said, you know, I don't have to talk to you. Life's pretty good. So I want you to know what a good counselor I am. When we count our blessings, we're happier. Ralph Waldo Emerson said years ago that most of the shadows in life are caused by standing in our own sunshine. Picture that. When I was younger and raising little children, uh, I'll admit that sometimes it was a struggle financially, wondering how you're going to pay all the bills each month. But then I would think to myself, instead of complaining about the bills, I'm grateful I got four little children and a wife, a family that causes me to have those bills. So the bills didn't seem nearly so bad. And like many of you, I, I've had my health problems. I've had my surgeries over the years, but for the most part, my health has been excellent. And I am very grateful for that. There's an old European story about a traveler who once came upon a barn where the devil stored seeds which he planned to sow in the hearts of people. Various bags in the barn were marked hatred, fear, doubt, despair, 
unforgiveness, pride, greed, and so on. Then the devil appeared and struck up a conversation with the traveler. He gleefully told the traveler how easy it was to sow those seeds and watch them sprout in the hearts of men and women. The traveler said, well, are there any hearts in which these seeds will not sprout? With a melancholy look, the devil said, these seeds will not sprout in the heart of a thankful person. And I guess that's why Dante in the Inferno, where he describes the concentric circles of hell, and each circle gets worse, <clears throat> worse sins, worse sins, and the very center pit of hell, what is the sin he describes there? People who are not thankful. Thanksgiving undermines all negative thinking and thus undermines unhappiness in life. When you give thanks, you immediately begin to feel better. So if you don't want to be one of those negative, gloomy, pessimistic, basically unhappy persons that nobody wants to be around, you need to learn how to drive those negative thoughts out of your mind. And if you want them to stay away, you've got to replace them with something else with much more positive thoughts. Taking time to think about all that's good in your life immediately begins to make you feel better and makes you happier. One of the most positive thoughts that you can put in your mind is to remind yourself that no matter what's going on in your life or what's not going on in your life, God is always there. And the presence of God, if we're in tune with it, brings us joy and blessings. I'm like the Presbyterian minister, David H.C. Reed, who once said, if I were to wake up one morning and find myself an atheist with my faith in God completely gone, I think what I would miss more than anything else is somebody to thank. I can hardly conceive what it would be like to never be able in a moment of exhilaration or unexpected happiness or rescue from deep distress to cry out, oh God, you are so good to me. Thank you, Lord. So the greatest way to stay happy is to come to know and to trust God. And when we trust God, truly trust God, we stop worrying about everything. As the Bible tells us, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And when you pray with thanksgiving, what does it tell us we get? We get God's peace, a peace that passes understanding. Thanksgiving leads to inner peace. All of us are longing for more inner peace in our hectic world today. The Bible says, with thankful hearts, offer up your prayers to God, and then God will bless you with a peace that nobody can completely understand. A minister friend of mine, who used to be a member of this church years ago, once wrote about going to a reception where he saw a man who had a smile on his face half a mile wide. And when he asked the man about his life and why he was so radiant, the man told him a sad story about how he lost his wife, he lost his job, he lost a second job, then he lost his house to the bank. Thinking that this man must be crazy, he said, then why do you go around with that great smile on your face? That's simple, the man replied. 
My life was simply terrible. I had hit rock bottom with no money, no family, no prospects. And then when I had no place else to turn, I rediscovered my faith. I learned how to let God bless me and it turned everything around. As long as God was with me, my problems didn't seem to matter that much. Oh, they mattered, but they weren't as devastating as they were otherwise. I learned to see the good things around me all the time. I began to thank God for everything, for my health, for the sunshine, for my friends. And pretty soon, I was feeling on top of the world. And when I felt that way, I was on top of the world. My whole life began to blossom, and that's why I'm so happy. The song is right. Don't worry, be happy. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. And I want to give you this morning, very quickly, four things that we should always do. We should do it every day, but at least on a regular basis, uh, if we want to be happy, grateful people. Number one, we should sing to God. God, we give thanks to God best by singing to God. The psalmist says, sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to your God. Praise is a mood lifter. Nothing makes you more aware of God's presence than singing your praise to God. I know when we sing the hymns, people say, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, remember the Bible just says, make a joyful noise. It's the effort to express our joy that brings us joy. So Christianity is and always has been a singing faith. There are more songs about Jesus that have been written than any other single subject. You cannot be completely healthy as a Christian without expressing your gratitude through music. So sing songs of thanksgiving. And very soon, in another week, we'll be singing some more songs about the coming of Christ. Number two, pray to God. Again, in the words of the psalmist, give thanks to the Lord and pray to him. Don't worry, be happy. And you can be happy by praying. If you would pray as much as you worry, you wouldn't have as much to worry about. The Bible says we are to pray with gratitude, pray with thanksgiving. Those of us who are parents, especially when our children were little, we know that if, uh, if our children only made requests of us but never expressed their appreciation to us, we wouldn't be real happy with it. But that's the way it is also with God as our Heavenly Father. God wants us to express our appreciation and not just always what we want. God wants us to be specific in our prayers. If I were to say to my wife, Ann, I'm grateful for you, she'd want me to be more specific. She'd want me to tell her what is it about her that I'm grateful for? What is it that she has done that makes me thankful? The same thing with God. If you want to give thanks to God, be specific about why you are thankful to God. Number three, if you want to be happy, learn how to give. Give to God and give for others. Again, the psalmist says, 
give an offering to show thanks to God. Jesus said, there's far more joy in giving than there is in getting. The Bible tells us that thanks and giving go together. Did you ever think about that one? Why we call it thanksgiving? And finally, number four, if you want to be happy, learn to tell your story. Learn how to share the good news with others about what Jesus Christ has done for you in your life. This is what happened to me. This is how he changed my life. This is how I'm different today because I believe in Christ than I was before I believed. You know, there are people around you every day who are hungry and thirsty to hear good news like that about what a difference can come into your life. And sharing your good news with them will bring more joy into your heart. So do what the Bible says and thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the world about his wondrous love and how mighty he is. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the great miracles that God has done. So I like this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And this week is a great week to have it stuck in your mind. I hope I put it there and you'll think about it during the week. Let me close with three different scenes that will take place next Thursday. One scene is that of an indifferent type person for whom Thanksgiving is only another vacation from work, a time to relax, a time to overeat and enjoy a football game. The second scene is that of a girl's choir singing America the Beautiful. The third scene is that of 17th century pilgrims giving thanks to God for God's kindness to them. I wonder which one of those scenes will take place in your home this coming Thursday and which one will bring you the most joy.